Trinity Center for Spiritual Living appreciates your selecting our podcast service as a part of your spiritual journey. The TCSL podcast has over 1,000 downloads a month worldwide by individuals just like you seeking to expand their spiritual magnificence. To express your gratitude and donate for the good you hear and the growth you experience from our lesson, visit our website at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate. As you donate, affirm, my offering affirms my commitment and my willingness to be an inlet and an outlet I'm sharing for the a little secret good with you. And the secret concerns our stage here, which was installed just a little over a month ago, and the secret is concerning the why. The why we installed a stage. So we already know it's going to come as a surprise to many to hear that I'm not a tall person. That's the secret. And then I take my shoes off. I'm vertically challenged. I'm five foot eight and a quarter. Can't leave out that quarter. And almost five nine when I leave my shoes on. Now we know individuals find this hard to believe as I present myself as vertically enhanced. But I am not. And after over 10 years of seeing other vertically challenged members contort their necks and bodies from side to side so that they could see around our more vertically enhanced members, we made the appropriate decision to install a stage. So that now, not only can they see me, but I can see them as well. So put those phones away. Now we're sharing this little secret because someone asked me, oh, a week or so ago, aren't you concerned that some people perceive a stage as the presenter's ego need to appear as someone who wants to be elevated, you know, as if they're better than everyone else. Hmm. And I thought about that question for a moment, considering if there was, you know, within me, any deep-seated ego need, subconscious ego need, to have a stage. And I thought it was a very valid question, so, you know, I tapped into my guides. I turned, tuned into that heart place that's within us all. And that we know as pure, loving intelligence, the energy of source. And I posed the question, was there an ego need to build a stage? And two responses came through. The first response was from the guides. And the response was, nope, you're just short. That's the problem with guides. They're very blunt and truthful. The second response came from a quote of Honest Nim, whose wisdom said, we don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. And folks, I are short. Sometimes the stage is just a stage. Anything else is reflective of an individual self-projection not their needed self-reflection. Officially, for the record, there's only been one person to ask that question, and, I, and I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt that it was asked from a point of love. And all the other feedback has been, everyone loves the stage. 
Yet the question asked about the stage stirred more questions within me. And the questions that came up were, why do some individuals have a propensity to focus on the potential for a negative outcome? Demonstration or experience as opposed to focus on the potential of a positive outcome, effect, demonstration, or experience in their journey, and most often the journey of others. Could it be that this propensity to focus on merely the potential of the negative impacts other avenues of their journey? And if it does, and we know it does, then doesn't it stand to reason that a propensity to focus solely on the potential for the positive will have a positive impact on all of their journey as well. Well, of course it does. The difference in an individual focusing on a negative or the positive can be paralleled with, with focusing on flying standby or claiming a first-class seat and traveling at the speed of love. Sonia Troquette writes this, and I always get that name right. Somebody knows the correct punctuation, please let me know. But she wrote this. She said, when, when on life's journey, you have a choice in the manner in which you choose to fly. You can travel on standby, waiting for others to give you permission to get on board economy class, which allows you to get you where you want to go without any frills, comforts, or ease of flow our first class, which makes the trip a real pleasure. No matter what class you choose, the flight pattern is the same. How you travel is up to you. Standby is a gamble. Economy is a struggle. First class is a joy. Although going first class provides a more bountiful and comfortable journey, it also asks more of us, the travelers, to have this experience. Economy class, on the other hand, is far less consciously demanding way to travel. It gets us where we want to go, but often involves, even encourages, a lot of drama, discomfort, and indifference with respect to the joyful spirit of life. Stand by the least creative way to live is life lived completely unconsciously. It is the default option for those who are unreflective, irresponsible, and ill-prepared. Ill, Ill so we have a goal over the next three weeks, because for the next three weeks, we're going to be talking about traveling at the speed of love. And our goal is this, to ensure you have all you will need to embody a consciousness that is always and only willing to create and fly first class throughout your experience. A consciousness void of the concerns, of any concerns of the self-projection of others, and a consciousness that knows like it knows like it knows to see things as they are meant to be, joyful, exciting, loving, healthy, abundant expressions of spirit, we must first know, know and see ourselves as we are in our natural state of being. Joyful, exciting, loving, healthy, and abundant expressions of spirit. 
if you are willing, if you are willing to follow along in this Sunday series, do the suggested exercises, perhaps read along in Sonia's Traveling at the Speed of Love, this intention will manifest within your journey so much so that within every avenue of your experience, you will always be flying first class. First class is the way to go. This is what we want you to know. So we have a little parable, very short. And it's about two fellows, and they're walking on opposite sides of a raging river. And one fellow shouts to the other, I need you to help me get to the other side. And the other guy responds back, you're already on the other side. Khalil Gibran provides the wisdom to the moral of this parable. He wrote, your living is determined not so much by what life brings to you as by the attitude you bring to life. Not so much by what happens to you as by the way your mind looks at what happens. Two people, one river, one circumstance, two different attitudes of what was being asked of them in the moment. A first-class experience is always the result of a first-class consciousness, a consciousness which maintains an attitude of expecting the good of life, maintaining and expressing a grateful and joyful heart and soul and attitude which has been conditioned to see all circumstances and all individuals as an expression of divine love, not because it is looking for the love and good of source out there, but because it knows all the love and good of source that we see is simply a reflection of all the loving creative good of source within our consciousness. In traveling at the speed of love, Sonia writes this. She says, whatever your dislike, it could be worse. So turn your attitude around and love the full human experience, including the challenges and frustrations you may be experiencing. The challenges and the frustrations. Who's she trying to kid? I mean, by human nature, we want to get frustrated. We want to get upset with the challenges and the frustrations that are out there. And if we really look at it from the perspective of, that not that what life's about? Isn't that what makes you grow and makes you flourish? To have that occasional bump in the road, that hill to climb, the answer is, of course, yes. Because it's about growth. However, we have to decide. Do I want to grow on standby, maybe getting to where I need to be, or do I want to grow from first class with ease and with joy, knowing that it's simply good reflecting back to me, knowing that no matter what is occurring in this moment, it is not challenging me. It is simply providing me the opportunity to express my divinity. Oh, that's a different attitude. That's a lot of different, way different than the world is coming to an end. So Joyner Truth said this. She said, it is the mind that makes the body. It is the mind that makes the body. So when we consider that, we can begin to say it is the mind, the consciousness, the thought, 
which begins creating the experience, which manifests as that which we experience. But let's be very, very clear about something. This is not a suggestion that anyone embrace new thought metaphysical guilt. Right? What is in their consciousness to have created that? God is what is in their consciousness that created that. And what will recreate, what will transform, what will evolve into a higher expression is the awareness and the willingness to work with the joy of God that they are in the moment. To see that which, which is before them as simply an opportunity to express and live from a higher point level of consciousness. And we've got that down then what happens is the mind begins to free up from the energy of frustration and moves into the flow of creative ideas. The moves into the flow of just way out there suggestions about what can be done to resolve any particular issue. There's a tendency in human nature to label to label experiences good or bad, abundant or limited, healthy or ill, so on and so on. You're getting the picture. And this, that tendency is really an e- exercise based in, in the ego. Based in the ego. Because the ego wants to know if we're doing good or if we're doing bad. The ego wants to know if we're having an abundant or, or a limited experience. The ego likes to define if our life is overflowing with love or if we're feeling a little lonely on Saturday night. Let go of the labeling. That's an exercise of the ego. If we're going to travel at the speed of love and fly first class, we want to begin an exercise of the spirit. We want to begin an exercise of our oneness. We want to begin an exercise of our divinity knowing that everything we look upon is subject to the power of our thought. Everything that is before us right here in this moment is subject to change. Not because we're good or bad, but because we have come to this journey to express as pure source energy in the now. You've got that. There is no more labeling. There's just evolution and growth. Just evolution and growth. Michael Beckwith said, instead of telling God about your big problems, tell your big problems about your God. Right? Look, what did Sonia call it? The frustrations in life. We've all been there. And when we're going over those frustrations, those issues of life, what are we doing? We're having that internal conversation with ourselves, Correct? over and over and over and over again. Well, if you're all source energy, you're pure spirit in perfect function and form, at the core, who are you telling your problems to? At the core, how are you exercising the use of the law of, with the use of the law of attraction? If all we're doing repeating that same old issue that same old problem no we want to see that problem and say well wait a second 
this is not a problem. This is not an issue. This is the opportunity for me to know, affirm, and express the power of source that I am. This is the opportunity for me to grow and evolve and expect something phenomenal. And it is in that expectation, that arguing, that implanting of that higher idea with the self, that we begin to shift our energy, our attitudes begin to move from one of a victim mentality to a victor mentality. That's who you are. So don't argue, who was it? I forgot who said this. Don't argue for, if you argue for your limitations, they're yours. I believe that was a bit, sir. Way back, way back. We want to move out of arguing for the limitations. Zig Ziglar said, your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your altitude. Isn't that awesome? Your attitude, not your aptitude, will determine your attitude, your altitude. So we want to begin to shift. What is our attitude towards life? What is our attitude towards how we create our journey? What is our attitude towards seeing someone that we know, we know in our heart of hearts could use an expression of loving compassion? Whether it's the homeless person on the street, whether it's an old friend, that's gone through a rough time, maybe it's a co-worker. What's our attitude towards that? Those type experiences, is our attitude to express love and compassion in that moment to that individual? Because if it is, guess what? We're setting that causative force of source to begin its flowing process. Because what flows out is what's going to flow in. Or, or saying, well, somebody else take care of it. You know, Dan doesn't let me carry cash anymore. Because I, I usually don't um, wind up spending it on myself. I wind up giving it all away. Well, he lets me carry some cash. There you go. Where's your attitude? Is your attitude always about being that loving expression of source? And if it is, awesome. However, if there's an opportunity to up-level that, there's no time like the present. There's no time like the now. Share something Sonia wrote. She said, the quality of your spiritual journey, your experience of life, can be first class if you want it to be. To travel at the speed of love is to decide that the upgrade is worth it. To travel at the speed of love is to confront your fears, including defensiveness, anger, judgment, abandonment, and insecurity, and consciously reject those patterns and preference for a better, more loving attitude. Exercising, practicing our divinity, that is the straight path, speeding through that security checkpoint to traveling at the speed of love. And this plays out over and over again in how we choose to react with our experience. I love two stories I'm going to share with you. One is from a number of years ago, and it was on, the story was on CNN, and it was right at the ending of the last big recession that we had, right, that the country had. And it was, the recession was just coming to an end, 
and the holiday season had just finished for the retailers. And they interviewed this fella in New York City and that owned a store, and the store itself was kind of like a, a pottery barn or Ikea. And during the interview, okay, in the background, there was this high-energy music going. You could hear Wooly Bully coming through on the CNN channels, right? Get that head song out of your mind for the rest of the day. Now, this store, in spite of the recession, in spite of the news reports, in spite of the bad holiday season the, the retailers had, this store was thriving. They were having to hire new employees. It was the best holiday season this particular store had had in over 20 years. And it appeared as if its January sales were going to continue that trend. So what made the difference? Well, this particular store didn't have a lot of money. It was independently owned. It couldn't afford high-priced ad agencies, TV ads, like the major retailers did. So what they did was they placed banners in, in all their windows all over the stores. And the banners read, a not-going-out-of-business sale. A not-going-out-of-business sale. Everything was on sale. They played that high-energy, feel-good music 24 hours a day or whenever the store was open. And one store was creating and experiencing an abundance of success at a time economists were saying was one of the worst recessions in over 30 years. Why? They refused to buy into the hype. They refused to look at the experience and not see an opportunity. They shifted their attitude. Another story appeared in the AJC around that same time frame, and it was about a lady who was, lived in Swanee. She lives in Swanee, and she sold love. Not that kind of love, you guys. I know what y'all are thinking. Naughty group. I like that new group. What she did was she put together romantic packages for couples. Romantic packages for couples. Couples who were so wrapped up in the hustle and bustle of everyday living that they just didn't have a time to put together their own romantic evening. And so for $225, she would come to your home or hotel suite cover your bed in rose petals, fill your bath with water and add rose petals and provide chocolates for $225. Prices for more romantic goodies, such as candles, massages, all that, went up from there. Her business, at a time during economic devastation, flourished. She couldn't keep up with demand. She had to hire people to help her. Our affirmation card this week is from Sonia who wrote, Can you upgrade your journey? Yes! Anyone who is willing to ask for more from life and make the effort to get it, who wants to enjoy his or her life experience rather than suffer and be a victim of it, can travel at the speed of love. Those two entrepreneurs were focusing on the 
positive contained within the potential and, and possibility and not the negative. Not the negative. They asked for more from life and made the effort to receive it. They were willing to create their journey from a consciousness of passionate source energy rather than an energy of fear. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. We are not our circumstance. Not our bank account, not our diagnosis, or our love life. What we are, what you are, the vibrant expression of the omnipotent potential and possibility of the creative, informative energy of presence thriving and expanding in this journey as a manifestation of the good of the universe. See that in your experience. Feel that from your whole soul. Accept that truth only within your mind. And you will reflect that truth within every avenue of your journey. Within every avenue of your journey. And we're not asking you to go out and buy a new wardrobe. We're not asking you to go and change your vacation plans at this point. Hello, Delta, I'm going to pay that extra $2,000 for a first class ticket. Trust me, I've tried. We're merely suggesting that you up-level that thought. We're merely suggesting that when you look at whatever is within the journey, that it's no longer viewed as an ending. Over now. Rather, it's a beginning. Rather, it's a beginning. And what it begins, entirely up to you. What it begins is going to be one of two things. Going to be the beginning of the ending or the beginning of you living your spiritual truth. The beginning of you living your divinity. The beginning of you being able to say, Yeah, I had that problem. It was nothing for me. Here's how you get out of it. Here's how you raise yourself up. Here's how you see beyond. Because the purpose of you living from that state of mind is not just for you to fly first class, but it's for you to welcome others into the first class the first class cabin with you. With you. Again from traveling at the speed of love. Sonia wrote, It's easier than you think to reevaluate the level of awareness of heart in which you choose to travel day by day. There is plenty of room in the first class cabin. It offers more friends, more room to be yourself, more ways to relax, and better nourishment. An upgrade is always available. To apply for such an upgrade, you must shift your perception from head to heart, from withholding to giving, from no to yes, from negative to positive, and from me to us. The benefits of your upgrade will be immediately immediately felt. So you have a challenge, a choice really now to make. 
because we said that our intent for the next over the next three weeks is to do the series on traveling at the speed of love and give you the opportunity to travel first class as as Tanya, Tanya relates first class to be. So the question really is, are you willing to put in the effort for the upgrade? Are you willing to shift from ego self to soul self? You have to make that choice. Well, let me tell you something. For those that are sitting here thinking to themselves right now, because, you know, we didn't hold up that card for y'all to say, yes! I was scanning through Craigslist for... I like to shop Craigslist. I need bot buys. And I was scanning through Craigslist, and I came across a very interesting ad. And the ad read, um, for sale, hundreds of motivational tapes. Only a few used. So if this, if this sounds good to you now, You have to continue to expand that feeling that it's going to sound good throughout the week. That it's going to sound good in the morning when when you're thinking, yeah, I can get up and I can do this work that Sandra's suggesting and that Reverend Tony's suggesting. It needs to sound as good to you when we begin this process as when we end this process. And so Sonia, throughout her book of, of Traveling at the Speed of Love, she gives some wonderful exercises for folks to do. A lot of them, of course, begin with first, first self-assessment. Am I allowing myself to travel at the speed of love? That's one of the questions she asks. Am I embracing others to travel at the speed of love, to fly first class? And then we get to decide. Nobody's grading. You're not going to turn this in next week. Although that may be a good idea. This is for you. This is for you. This is for you to decide, well, wait a second. Am I ready for this? Am I ready to fly this class? The only way I can know if I'm ready is by doing the assessment. The only way I can know if I'm, I'm prepared for not life to not have any problems, but prepared for me to always address what comes my way from a consciousness of my divinity that knows I can transform all things. And if you answer that yes, then you're good to go. But I'm going to do something. I'm going to, in all things, and I've said this so many times, in all things, we begin and we end with the presence, the affirmation, the knowing of the divine that we are all things we begin with spirit and in all things we end with spirit and I found a little affirmative prayer from Dr. Holmes I'm going to ask that you just close your eyes for just a moment and hear these words embrace them there is nothing arising out of the past that can disturb me the past the present and the future are one unbroken stream of good. I lose all thoughts that in the past caused anxiety. The spirit knows no past and is not affected by the belief in any way. The 
past is swallowed up in the victory of a perfect person which is filled with love and protection just as I am. And so it is. So for those that say, yeah, he sounds like he's on to something. Short little fellow that he is. Email me. I'll send you a copy of that. Don't know my email? We're not going to put it out on the net for you to find out. It's in your program. So you can email me from that. And we will send you a copy for you to begin doing the work. For you to begin doing the assessment. Because remember, you have to be willing to put forth the intention and the effort. You have to be willing to put forth practice the exercising of your divinity. And that's how you get to first class. Brian Tracy said, whatever we expect with confidence becomes our self-fulfilling prophecy. Whatever we expect with confidence, whatever we expect in faith, whatever we expect with belief, without hesitation or reservation, will become and is our self-fulfilling prophecy. If you are not expecting to demonstrate the power of your divinity every single day. This is your calling. This is your opportunity to do so. And we make this calling and we provide this opportunity for one reason and one reason only. Because we already know how powerful you are. And if there's any doubt in your mind, we're going to hold that knowing until that doubt is totally eradicated and is no longer a part of your experience. Deal? Anybody say no deal? Good. So, offers on the table. Put your seat backs up. Tray tables up. And let's take flight. And so ends our lesson. Namaste. For spiritual living podcast for your spiritual journey and for the expression of your generosity at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate.